0: Great. So we're going to wait for people to trickle in. Hey there, Beck. Thanks for joining. Hi, Antonio.
1: Hey, Kelly. How are you?
0: Good, good. Hey, hey, Kilroy. Hey, Andrew. Hi, Undressed. Make sure to tweet out the room. Let folks know that we're here. We'll get started in a few minutes. Let folks trickle in. to tweet out the spaces. Let's fix over here. Alrighty then, so we'll just go ahead and get started and kick it off today. Thanks everybody for coming to NFTs for Good. We are a weekly Twitter Spaces. It's all about highlighting the builders and founders in the DeFi, Web3, crypto, and NFT space. We do this at least once a week. This week, we did it twice this week, so this is our second one. Um, And you can always check out our upcoming shows on the schedule on our website at www.bluestudios.io backslash nfts-for-good. And, you know, one of the reasons why we do this show is that there are tons of stories that always come out about the negative aspects of DeFi, Web3, crypto, and NFTs. But we believe if we keep talking about the positive aspects of the space and the folks who are building in the space and trying to make the world a better place um, by building utility with web three technology that we can really elevate the conversation. So with this show and subsequent shows that we do, we'll continue to highlight the people and founders um, that also include a social good component in what they're building. And we hope that you can get two things from this conversation. One, we hope you get to connect with another amazing founder, and hear their courageous journey of going from idea to building in public, and secondly, be inspired by their stories and know there are some really amazing people out here building the new internet. You can check out our upcoming shows again and sign up for updates at www.bluestudios.io nfts dash or good. Quick disclaimer, all opinions of guests or hosts may not reflect the views of Blue Studios or its hosts, and this Twitter space is for informational purposes only. So none of the opinions of the show by the hosts or panelists can be considered investment advice. Please do your own research. And be safe and make sure you talk to any security and investment advisors for more information on how NFTs and crypto fit into your collectible and ownership portfolio. As you can see, this show is being recorded, so we can have it on the website and other places to promote future shows. Uh, Before we jump in um, to the interview, I'll tell you guys a little bit about me. I'm Kelly, founder of Butte Blue Studios. We built a community around education, family, and Web3. And we really believe in redefining what families can do together. Um, Obviously my background, my career background is in FinTech and computer science, but the way I really define myself is that I am actually a third generation entrepreneur on both sides of my family. So I grew up in a very hands-on learning environment where families were where we were all expected (laughs) to work together. Um, And so one of the things that is really exciting about Web3 is that I really believe it allows families to work together in really new and exciting ways. And a big part of what we do is around coming up with innovative approaches to educating and inspiring families to learn together, but also onboard more families in a safe way to Web3. Super happy to be here today. And a big reason, again, why we do this show is to highlight the stories and people behind the DeFi and Web3 movement. Um, Web3 is fast paced. It's 24-7 and we've had to work faster and harder than ever before. But It's always nice to slow things down and dig deep with amazing guests like Beck here today. Um, And with that, I'll have Beck quickly introduce herself and then obviously we'll go deeper into um, the Q&A, but figure you you just give like a quick one or two liner.
1: Yeah, of course. Hi, hi Kelly. Thanks everyone for having me on today. It's nice to join you guys. Um, My name is Beck Jones. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Clutch Wallet. I'm um, an Aussie that moved over to LA about two years ago as I got into the
0: crypto space. Um, so that's kind of where I've settled in. Awesome, glad to have you.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> let's go ahead and kick it off and start from the beginning. So we'd love to hear your origin story. How did you get started in the space, and what inspired you? Inspired you to go from I'm fascinated by this space into hey, I'm dedicating myself 24-7 to making this happen? Yeah, it's a good question. It's um, it's really funny thinking about
1: the origin story I have because I find like as I go deeper and think on it longer, it, it gets tied into like when I was younger and younger again. Um, I think for me at the moment, what I've landed on is that I, I grew up in a household where my father worked in the banking industry um, and I spent a lot of time in the bank with him um, growing up. And I think part of that experience was just recognizing that a lot of people working in finance and the banking world um, looked very much like my dad. And there weren't too many people like my mom kind of in that space. And as I got older, I started to understand um, the opportunity that came with uh, financial autonomy and financial literacy. And so um, I think as I I got out of high school, the 2008 global financial crisis was happening. And so that was kind of like an eye-opening experience around how the banks and, you know, kind of centralized authorities were set up to manage our money and the reliance that we had on them. Um, as I went through university, I, I got into kind of finance and wanted to really affect change in the banking industry when I came out of university. While I was in there, I wrote a thesis on women's participation um, at kind of like senior executive levels of, um, of the bank and, and always kind of had this focus on women's participation in that world. Um, so when, when I got into the banking industry, it was around 2015, uh, I had two good years and then our bank actually went through a role commission. And basically what that was, was the bank got brought before the courts and there was an investigation that was kind of taken into how they were conducting themselves. And there were a lot of stories that came out of, um, that investigation. And the timely experience of that was that I had just heard about crypto and web three or not so much about web three, more so crypto and Bitcoin. And um, I'd, I had savings, but I hadn't really done anything with it at that point. I knew I wanted to start investing, but I, I thought I was going to go down the traditional kind of stock market route. Um, but I actually ended up putting those savings into Bitcoin and Ethereum in 2017 and just kind of became obsessed and fell in love with the technology and the, the I guess the kind of dream around building um, decentralized systems that would provide people all around the world with autonomy over their assets and the ability to kind of transact um, quite simply uh, across different regions as well. Um, So that was kind of the, I guess, foundation experience I had in, in terms of getting into the industry. In 2019, I had an opportunity to work with a cryptocurrency company called FID. It was a social media app that pays users in crypto. So that was probably like the beginning of, the social aspect of, of what I'm building and the experience I had with building something in the kind of social space that was also tied into crypto. Um, that was an interesting experience because we launched our token in the bear market, like the beginning of the bear market in 2020 when, I don't know if you remember, Kelly, but like it was like when COVID was announced um, in March of 2020 and it was like literally the day that our token launched the and, and our app that was kind of like supporting the token um the stock market stopped trading and there was kind of like this doom and gloom media around uh the the, the kind of markets and how they were going to respond to this disease that was spreading really quickly so um, oh wow that was, that's crazy yeah <laughs> it was such a pivotal moment for me but also um my first kind of experience into into a bear market and and trying to build with a company that you know didn't have a lot of funding and um you know with pain tokens and just all the all the wonderful kind of, kind of like crypto experiences that that people have with early companies um so i yeah I, I went through that and i think that was the beginning of of really kind of questioning uh what can i do in this space like now i've i've spent a bit of time here i've got this background in finance and banking i'm interested in social i do a lot of marketing um kind of what problems are existing in this space and 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 maybe what could i contribute towards solving them and a recurring pain point that i had was the wallet onboarding experience and that was personally with um with my like family and friends wanting me to sit down with them and take them through opening a wallet and also with the companies i was working for in in crypto where we would have to actually create marketing collateral for the different wallets because users felt like they didn't have like a supported content experience to help them onboard into into the wallet so um, that's kind of the background, I guess, of, of how I got to where I am and, and really wanting to work on, um, you know, an improved wallet experience so it actually help people on board into this space. And I've just felt that the wallet is such an integral part of that.
0: No, it totally makes sense. I mean, and definitely onboarding is definitely a challenging, probably one of the most challenging parts of this industry is But once somebody is onboarded, they're, they're ready to go. It's just getting them onboarded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's chat a little bit more about clutch wallet, um, what you're building. And uh, clutch wallet is a social wallet. So um, if you could um, explain to the audience, if they haven't, you know, engaged with a social wallet before, what's the difference between a social wallet and kind of like the standard wallets that folks like a MetaMask or something use today? Sure. I think it comes down to the experience. And that's that's really what we're trying to build
1: with the wallet is is an experience. And what I mean by that is at the moment, the way that the wallet is kind of ex- experienced and thought about is, is quite one-dimensional. It's very transactional. Um, and the way that we see the wallet is that it is home to more than just your transactions. It's home to your NFTs. It's home to your POAPs. Um, definitely your tokens and, you know, your investments. But I think that's as well where, where maybe sometimes people get confused about crypto and Web3 and, and and that it's not just purely like a financial and investing space. So really tapping into the social element of, um, you know, what the wallet can bring. Uh, and for us, that means social experiences within the wallet around content, around connecting people with communities, um, around providing media experiences like podcasts and um, different news articles uh, as well as providing educational content within the wallet as well. So um, we want to build, as I kind of explained out loud every time I'm like, it's, it sounds a bit more like a platform. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's probably what it will build into, but at the moment, um, you know, we've, we've kind of stuck with a, a social wallet that's encompassing, uh, you know, social experiences and, and educational content within the transacting experience.
0: Makes sense. So, and I'll go into my next question with that. Obviously you've gone through um, bear markets before um, mm-hmm. with your with um, the um, other wallet or not the, the social uh, crypto company that you were mm-hmm. with before. Um, so how have you, I think you kind of started um, the value of the wallet that's more than speculation you know not necessarily a transactional space how how have you been able to like communicate the value of that to like customers or state or just like stakeholders etc yeah it's it's a good it's, it's a good question and it's something that we've noticed is the transactional
1: volume that has kind of decreased over the last um even just a like couple of months as we've started to head into these bear market conditions um, from my experience in, in the other companies that I, w- I worked with when we went through a bear market conditions, it, it is a time for people to kind of get educated um, and, and and spend some time building community. And um, that's where we see the kind of social and educational features actually beautifully timed for this market. Uh, the, the number that we've kind of stumbled across in terms of adoption is there's 3.9% of the population uh, currently that own Uh, cryptocurrencies or tokens and that's such a to me that's such a small number given you know the market cap that we had earlier this year which is like over a trillion dollars and also just given the fact that this is an industry that's building been building for for 12 years Um, and so when when I kind of think about that that data and those numbers I think there's there's such a kind of wonderful opportunity at this moment in these conditions for people to kind of take some time to enter to not be pushed by um i guess like the the hype and actually kind of engage in a way that is is kind of a bit slower and take their time to understand the space and um you know hopefully hopefully build into the the next market cycle
0: no it makes complete sense yeah i think uh without with the bear market it definitely allows a lot of opportunity to really you know Understand the utility around the technology and um, this idea of ownership, and thinking about like assets in a completely different way that is not just like currency-based, but you know collectibles, tokens, etc. There's just so many ways to think about like assets and and managing them and overseeing them um, with people that you care about. So yeah, no, I definitely, definitely believe this is a, a great opportunity for community building and education. For sure.
1: I think as well, we've just had, like, we've had some pretty bad, like, media and experiences and in, as an industry as we've kind of watched the Terra Luna ecosystem crash, the Celsius situation unfold. Um, and, and there's a lot of learning, I think, as an industry that everyone, everyone's going through right now. So I think that's also like a, a bit of a reset that, you know, hopefully
0: we'll have a silver lining. Yeah, no, I think I definitely think it will, (laughs) especially, you know, again, having folks like you building, again, real utility in the space will be definitely be that silver lining. Um, So I want to get deeper into uh, some of the, you know, trends around, you know, creating like smaller social circles. Um, I read today that Facebook is allowing users to control more who can see their posts and vice versa. Um, basically due to all the abuse kind of in the web two spaces and also this idea of creating smaller circles of like sub accounts with your friends and family Um, would love to get your thoughts around this phenomenon and like you know well how how you're thinking through like how people are redefining like their social networks for sure yes Uh, I actually did notice that um
1: that that news uh, news announcement today about Facebook and how it's also being kind of rolled out into Instagram creators as well. I think one of, one of the challenges for that particular brand is that there's a lot of trust obviously that's being lost as a result of how data has been managed um, on their users to date. And so uh, really I think that's where like Web3 has has built out of as well around data autonomy and, um, you know, how we'll be plugging in as users the internet instead of kind of being taken advantage of or being the, 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 the user within those products. Um, so, for, so for us, like the, I guess the decentralized nature of social experiences is, is super important. and Data autonomy is, is super important. Um, and, and this is really why we've built a non-custodial wallet. And we really want to bring that kind of experience of being able to choose what information um, you display uh, within our wallet experience Uh, something that we've thought about is as we want to introduce um, kind of like inter-wallet messaging, we we don't want it to be like this open exposed space where people are are kind of uh, interacting, like say discord or interacting like on a Facebook, let's say. So starting with smaller groups of chat within the wallet is, is actually one of the ways that we were going to test that. Um, So one of the insights that we had and, you know, the wallet, isn't specifically um, made for women, but it's definitely made with, with them in mind. Um, and, and one of the insights we had when we were researching building this product earlier on is that women in particular don't have a lot of conversations around their investments. And um, as they are entering into Web3, you have spaces like Discord where you'll have community discussions. But in terms of like this group chat experience, um, it, it's, it's possibly something that's been missing from their experience to date. And so introducing a feature where you have, like a maximum of, of 10 or 15 people per group and encouraging like discussion around, you know, what tokens are being purchased or investments that are being made is a way that we were kind of interested in exploring, Um, you know, to your point, those, those, those small circles of um, sub accounts connecting uh, in the web three space.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I think, um, Data control, um, like you said, is, is such a big piece of decentralization that I think, like you said, kind of moves away from the transactional nature of it to the the privacy concerns that so many people have been having. And I think people are fine with sharing data; they just want to be control in control of when they're like want to stop sharing it. <laughs> they don't want it just to be okay. out. The- on the internet forever, and especially, um, you know, if you think about the age at which people get onto web two platforms, you can have a whole like fifty or sixty years of your life of data <laughs> that's just sitting yeah. in places that you have no idea how to, you know, access or control. So, um, I definitely, I think that's one of the natures of decentralization that really hasn't been, you know, communicated as well as you know some of the speculation.
1: Yeah, I'll say as well. There was Adam consensus uh, a couple of weeks back, and I was speaking. I wasn't speaking. I was listening to a a couple of different groups kind of argue on the topic of social content in Web three, living on or off chain. Um, And some of the points that were being brought forward is like, you know, at least with the Web two world, you have the ability to possibly go to you know, a platform and say this needs to be removed for these reasons and it, it can be removed. Now, in a world of Web3, when you have data that's been kept um, possibly on chain in some social platforms that are being built, um, there's like a real fear real fear around, you know, people just being able to put anything up and then it, it, it essentially staying there because of the nature of how um, blockchain works. So that, that was an interesting discussion for me to kind of listen into. And I think companies like um, Disco Protocol, uh, who are like, a, they're, they're building a data backpack. Um, Evan is, is the, uh, I think co-founder there and she, she kind of speaks on this topic quite a lot. Um, and as well, of a, uh, is, has a, has a like sub company called, called lens protocol, who are also building in the kind of decentralized, um, social space. And, and we're discussing this issue at, at that event. So uh, we're, as I said, we're kind of early, but we're, we're really, trying to tune into those discussions and 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 kind of see what starts getting built out in this social space around um around social content and how it's living on off chain
0: Um, amazing so what uh want to get into um kind of the the tech so what chain are you building on or chains and then why did you choose um that chain or or multiple chains
1: yeah uh, so my co-founder um james and i are kind of big um, Ethereum maximalists, uh, I think that when you look at the adoption of um, blockchains, they are still kind of one of the the, the lead um, alongside of, of Bitcoin. Uh, the smart contract functionality of uh, Ethereum is, is kind of what attracts us the most, especially as we start to think about products that we want to build into the wallet in the DeFi space. Um, and just, I guess. like security as well has come with the longevity of 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 that blockchain being in existence for quite some time now um so that was kind of our decision around which chain we're we're definitely looking to um layer two solutions in particular zk sync uh is is likely the layer two that we want to roll into the product as as kind of one of the next core features um we looked at the kind of wallet experience and one of the feedback points from our initial users was obviously around the, the kind of blockchain transaction fee Um, So that's something that we're wanting to address pretty quickly. Uh, And then likely Polygon will be a chain that we look at introducing afterwards.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely um, fees are definitely a challenge, um, especially on, uh, I know, Ethereum. So it's great that you guys are um, looking into Polygon as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. So um, also um, from a tech perspective, you know, what are, what are some of the other challenges um, that you've kind of been uh, facing with building a social wallet and how have you been able to overcome some of those challenges? For sure. Um, I'll kind of
1: just put one out there that we're still thinking about now, which is the wallet creation um, across different applications like mobile browser extension and web Um, we started building clutch on the web because as a web application because we wanted it to be kind of as big an experience as we could possibly build and then refine that into what you know what we think would be best for mobile um, and then kind of introduce browser hopefully alongside of mobile or shortly after that Um, but the I guess one of the technical challenges is is just what experiences you are providing across those three different platforms. Um, And especially as you start to integrate these different kind of social features in just thinking about as people, uh, you know, using these different types of technologies, whether it's their phone on the go at events, um, you know, what, what it's going to actually be in, in those different um, spaces in in terms of feature sets. Uh, And then the kind of security layer that comes with that experience too. I think the browser extension is, is, is probably like the most vulnerable product, and where a lot of people do get scammed and have issues. So, you know, we've been kind of really seriously considering what security looks like for that product. Um, the other part of, I guess, building a social wallet and and one of the technical challenges, which I mean, we, we, it wasn't too difficult to overcome, but it was around the signing process and the seed phrase experience is something that we thought was like a, a huge challenge and a pain point for a lot of users. Um, so there's a there's a product uh, called Magic Link that we we basically have integrated into our product that removes the need for um, a seed break and allows you to sign in with uh, email or social sign-ins. Um, so that's something that we're testing again. Uh, we're really interested to see kind of what users' feedback is. Because the market that we are, you know, really going hard at is those first-time users into this space, we think that maybe we won't have as much kind of pushback, but... I think for existing users in in web three that have kind of jumped into the world, they're like, Oh, it feels funny. Like I feel like I should be writing something down. Why is this so simple? And you know, what happens if my email account gets exposed or something happens then too. So um, you know, part of addressing that problem is really encouraging users to set up a complete, you know, like unique email address for their wallet. Um, We encourage the encrypted uh, service provider Proton, Um, And that's a way that we've, we've kind of been thinking around um, that particular technical pain point.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I will also um, just let the audience know um, we're about halfway through and want to make sure you guys start thinking through uh, some questions to ask Beck. So if you are a little bit, uh, I will say camera shy or microphone shy, Um, feel free to DM me or you can tweet at me um, any questions that you have for our guests today. Um, If not, make sure to just um, request to speak and I will bring you up to the stage. Also, I know a lot of you guys have attended um, to uh, get your $50 Unstoppable Domain credit. Uh, Make sure to stay till the end of the, the show today and I will give you guys directions on how to redeem. And remember, if you've attended a show before, you can get another $50 credit. So no worries. You don't have to just get it once. We want you guys to come every single week and get as many credits as you guys would like. So um, just want to put that out there before I go on um, to the next question. So um, Beck, I know um, just just a general question for the audience. I know a lot of people um, want to really dig into the Web3 space, they want to work in it, or they want to start something, um, but they're not sure where to start, or they don't think that they have any relevant skills. Um, what are some things that you say to those folks?
1: Yeah, I, I hear this a lot. And uh, it's something that I can answer this question with, with kind of two points. I think the first one is, there is so many problems still with this industry that I see, especially around the user experience space, um, the kind of product development space, and and marketing and messaging in, in particular. Um, and I, I really think that those kind of pain points, uh, what is also influencing why we don't have more um, more people adopting kind of this new technology uh, technology revolution. Um, so that's one one part. But the the second part, I think, which is a challenge, is that because it is a bit of a nascent industry, or businesses are still kind of early on in in building you don't always have like the best resources available hours or 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 pay so you see a lot of people entering into this space part-time working a full-time job and then having to kind of do their web 3 job in between or or at night um and and that kind of brings you know a a lot of challenges I think um with just work-life balance and, and and kind of entering into space that way um but yeah, just to reiterate, I think there is so much opportunity in the in the UI, UX, in the kind of marketing PR and, and of course as well, the community building space. One of the beautiful, I think, parts of Web3 is the ability for people to come into this space and join different communities where they can ask questions, go to in real life events, um, you know, join some kind of a collection if they're buying an NFT and, and become a part of something, um, you know, bigger than a stock investment that I might, they might have made before. Um, but with that, that kind of growing community space, there is there is a lot of community management that um, that comes with it, and that is a that is a you know really big job, and it's something that's challenging to scale. So I see so much opportunity in, in that space as well.
0: No, definitely. Um, I think there's a lot of not necessarily. I guess maybe it's more soft skills that are needed in the space. Um, you know, design is like you said, is definitely something that is missing in the space. UX um community building. So um if anybody here is a um, designer or loves to um, engage with people all the time you definitely have a space in web three <laughs> for sure so, yeah and, and, and
1: marketing and marketing so we don't always see like pictures of coins when it's like a cryptocurrency's marketing
0: assets. Yeah exactly exactly um Antonio come on up to the stage
2: hey hey thanks so much Kelly and um, thanks, Beck, for doing the spaces. This is always uh, an event that I look forward to on a weekly basis. It seems like um, every week there seems to be like a recurring t- takeaway theme that I'm getting. And um, it always seems to fall on the fact that there's always huge opportunities for, um, you know, ways to just solve existing problems. So um, Beck, with you sharing um, your background about um, coming up in banking with your, your dad is um, um, encouraging and also refreshing because you really don't get to see kind of behind the scenes of how things kind of get started um, with a lot of the platforms that are popping up today, um, especially in Web3. Um, and I think it's also refreshing, too, to have a little bit of uh, diversity in the space um, because I know from experience, sometimes it might not be as inclusive as a community. So I think everything that you're building is just awesome on so many levels. So so thanks so much for that. Um Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah, you're most welcome. This is um, insightful, um, so thank you. Um, and, and I also want to say, too, I think that Um, A small but crucial part of adopting cryptocurrency is making tools that kind of simplify the process, because I know from my personal experience, trying to explain it to friends and family, um, how they interact with it can be difficult. So, you know, having a solution where you're able to share it with friends and kind of make it a part of our daily lives would be really vital um, in in adoption. So onboarding is great. So um, I do have two questions. Uh, I usually come with one, but as I hear people telling their stories and sharing their experiences, like more questions come to mind. So um, I do have two questions for you. The first one is um, any aha moments that you've had. Um, You mentioned that you came from Australia um, to L.A. Was it a little bit of a culture shock for you? I wanted to know, like, from a platform building perspective, um, mm-hmm. have, or have you had any aha moments that you didn't expect whether it be through building your platform, working with developers or building your community and then my yeah. last question is um, from your vantage point, what do you think has kept your users or users in Web3 in general from kind of being onboarded to Web3, do you think it might be because of, um, you mentioned you don't have or, or remove the process of having private keys. Sometimes that might be a deterrent for some people. Um, do you think it was because it was difficult for them to get started or they think it's just a fad? So that's my second question. What do you think has held people back? So thank you.
1: No, no worries, two great questions. Um, I definitely have uh, some answers to the aha moments. Uh, since moving from Australia, Australia is like a, a, it's an incredible country. It is very well built, very well built out. Um, it has a lot of like traditional legacy companies that are, you know, very strong, especially in the property banking finance space. Um, what, what I think like it's a little bit challenged with sometimes is, is tech innovation and kind of adoption of new technologies. Um, and that was the reason for kind of moving, uh, away from there, but not really having to be honest with you, like a concrete experience in the States prior to that, where I was like, this is exactly where I need to be. Um, what I will say is that since landing here, I don't know if it's because you guys have only two weeks of holidays a year instead of four, but the the hustle culture and the kind of um, the the technical talent and and I think just you know it's a it's a it's a well known country for innovation of, of of new technologies is what has provided so much opportunity for me and opportunity in like just attending events and speaking to people, not you know necessarily being put on, but it's just. The nature of, I guess, the the hustle of this country and 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 the people that you get to be exposed to. So, um, that was that was one aha moment. The other one that I'll I'll quickly mention is, um, and I, I talk about this quite a lot is, uh, the use of TikTok. So, when I started thinking on this problem, um, and this is probably like my marketing and social background coming to the forefront, I. I recognized that I wanted to test the the thesis and the idea around like branding and marketing the wallet the way that I was going to and and kind of talking through the pain points of existing wallets and what I thought the product experience could be. So I, I made a TikTok and I spoke about that and the TikTok did well. Um, and I I'd, I'd done a bunch of TikToks before that that did not. So it was it was a really uh, awesome experience to get. Um, feedback from the customers that I was really going after, like the comments, were filled with women kind of sharing their experiences around trying to enter through other wallets and just enter into the space generally as a woman thinking about investing in money and and how products are designed and built and marketed. Um, so for me, the aha moment was like the power of of TikTok as a platform. It is it's honestly incredible. It has been the reason um, that I have been able to raise the funding that I have because it was. The content from TikTok that I used and it's what has attracted users to um, our wallet in these early stages as well and been a hub for kind of content and and feedback um, around our product development so that's the second aha moment that I'll share Um, to answer your second question you were kind of asking uh, you asked around kind of web3 users and how we attracted them to the product early on I don't mean to like reduce this or simplify it but honestly for for people when they're looking at um products in an industry that maybe they've never looked at before or engaged with if they can't see themselves using the product or can't see anyone like them or or the brand or the market marketing doesn't really resonate um those things are you know super influential in in people's like decision making process around um around whether or not they're going to purchase something or use a product and so you know, we were very intentional about the language and of the name, you know, the clutch being, you know, more of like a feminine product um, and something that, you know, is, is, holds value. Um, and and then also just, you know, the, the design is a little bit more web 2.5, if I'm being honest with you, and, and that was super intentional so that users coming in for the first time felt like they were in a space that was, um, you know, they'd been in before. I think like Discord is a great example of if you've never been in Discord before and you land in there, you go like, dear Lord, what have I just landed into? Um, whereas, you know, whereas hopefully when you're landing in Clutch, it's like, oh, you know, this kind of feels a bit like a banking app, which I use every day. And maybe also like, you know, a bit like a, a social media site. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the the, the product experience and the the, the marketing, and the name of the, the brand was something that was intentional and I think is what has attracted users to wanting to use our product.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much. Very informative and uh, looking forward to following your journey and seeing you scale out clutch to make it what you want it to be. And yeah, all the best to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.
0: And I know we have Kilroy, but um, really quickly, um, what I have somebody, um, Bitcoin Bear Club, who DM me a question. Um, So he said, hello, good day. Um, Can you ask the guests? Um, there are big tech companies getting into Web3, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, et cetera. How um, will startups compete with them with the user bases that they already have?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good concern. Um, you know what's interesting? I, I, I didn't actually know this, but Facebook created a wallet two years ago and they just decommissioned it um, earlier Uh, this month as we kind of really headed into the bear market conditions. And I thought that was such an interesting case study to look at in terms of you have a lot of users um, on your platform and you launched this product and the adoption rates were so poor that it basically was decommissioned. So I think there is something to be said for this new wave of technology that's being built. And the fact that it is, it is meant to be very different from what is already there. Um, so I think that's a competitive advantage builders have going into this space. And, and and that's definitely something that I've heard, you know, being marketed and positioned from different builders, which is like, either I learned these lessons from Web2 because um, I was working for these companies, or I'm doing it very different from what Web2 is because we want to build, um, you know, an internet experience that's that's completely different. Um, so Hopefully that answers the question.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, so I will have uh, Kilroy come to the uh, stage. Uh,
3: hello, guys. A great day today. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, Kelly, and uh, hi, uh, Beck. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I truly agree that uh, this bear market has uh, got a lot of uh, people fearing about that. But, uh, but uh, all, all I can say. Uh, and uh, it's not financial advice, but uh, yeah, bear markets create wealth, and uh, great products are created in the uh, in the bear market. And uh, with regards to 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 Clutch Wallet, uh, just one question: uh, Can you share with us a uh, visual roadmap on the on the on the project? Uh, let's say one or two years, uh, just the uh, the the main. Uh, main points or main references to uh, to uh, its milestone. That's yeah, all. Thank sure. you very much.
1: No, it's it's um, it's something I've been pondering on and, and putting together as we recently started preparing ourselves for our next round of fundraising. Uh, I think some of the, the key milestones, uh, similar to what I, um, I, I mentioned it just before, was the layer two integration uh, will be a big one. I think starting to test with a social feed and experience is is definitely next because that really will start positioning us as a wallet that feels and looks very different to what's out there. Um, The XMPT messaging is another integration from like the social experience that we'll be rolling into the product uh, this year and then really building out the browser and mobile experiences, which um, I know will be pretty considerable um, size chunks of work. So that's probably the, the main big milestones in terms of product development and experience that we're, we're going to be building for. Um, Yeah.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to uh, following your, uh, your uh, project journeys. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Awesome. Yep. And if there are any other questions, um, feel free to DM me, Or you can just tweet at me if you don't feel like coming up to the stage. It's fine. I know some folks are shy, Um, but I'll ask another uh, question. Um, So um, long term vision, just for the space in general, um, where do you see the broader role of crypto, NFTs, Web3, kind of DeFi, um, this whole space and their impact? And where would you like to see it go? Mm, So many, so many parts of that
1: question. Uh, I think... I, yeah, I, I think I see us, I mean, I think we're already building into it, right? A, a completely new um, internet experience that will challenge the way that data is, is, is held on users and the way that users kind of plug into an experience. Um, when I think about it from like a currency's perspective, I think it will be, uh, there will be some currencies that sit alongside the different fiat currencies that, that exist in the world. You know, I don't think that fiat is going anywhere by any means, um, but I think it would be nice to know that you could use some type of a cryptocurrency um, in between, you know, moving, traveling, um, or simply just because you want to make a transaction quickly. Uh, I think that the influence around social experiences that we're going to be having is, is an interesting one. I'm, I'm super interested in the way that blockchain technology is supporting the metaverse. There's parts of me that gets really excited about experiences there. And I see like real utility for NFTs in those metaverse experiences. Um, and then there's also part of me that, that is, you know, somewhat fearful of the, the nature of metaverse experiences. And having been a person that's, you know, put a headset on and spent some time in there. It's super immersive. Like it's, it's honestly such an incredible innovation of technology, but it does take you completely out of, The in real life moment um so i think building those products in a way that is really thoughtful and is with lessons from web 2 um and the social world is imperative for us actually you know not just recreating a system that was you know broken that we've been operating in um to date uh yeah i think they're kind of the 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 core things that i'll call out around where i see this this heading the impact in terms of actually there's one more piece in terms of where I would like to see it go. um, When I think about the bankless population, there's just so much opportunity to onboard people into value ownership and, and just, you know, like life freedom in having the ability to receive payments and, and make them Uh, there's 1.8 billion people in the world that still don't have, um, you know, bank accounts because they either live in a location that uh, they, they don't have access to it or they, um, for whatever reason, don't have an identity that allows them to set up an account. And when I hear about those stories, I I, I think about the opportunity with the technology that's being built. And, and that's one of the things that gets me really excited. And I can, I can reference two examples um, with regards to that, that we have, have been focusing on um, as a wallet. So... There was a lady that I met in New York uh, a couple of months back and she runs a tech company. It's a data company and she employs a number of women in the Middle East and Jordan. So there's about 500 staff that she has there. And these women work um, part-time hours uh, that they choose. I think it could be anywhere from like one to three hours a day. And it's very intentional in that they are working. um, They're working for this company when, you know, either their partners are away or possibly their mother-in-laws are away. Um, and they want to do that because they've built up skill sets when they went through university or education, but then got put into like more of a traditional home role that that basically stopped them from being able, able to access, um, access, you know, the ability to work and, and earn. Uh, one of the challenges for them, though, is that they can't open bank accounts and receive payments in fiat because of the the, the social situations that they're in. So when I spoke to this woman who's running this company about, clutch and the fact that it is non-custodial which means the wallet can be built or the account can be opened just simply with an email that doesn't link to necessarily their identity and doesn't flag anything in, in in their immediate world that would create a problem they these women now have the ability to get paid in a stable coin and build wealth for the work that they're contributing um which it to me is just like such an incredible Um, It's a small scale example, but, you know, it's an example of, of the power of this technology and and what it can do for people in, in, you know, some of these challenging circumstances.
2: Oh,
0: oh yeah, no, I really love that example. Um, And thinking about um, how crypto is, you know, again, not just speculative, not just about getting the rich, getting richer, but like actually having value for, you know, the average everyday person and for people who are in, you know, some of the most challenging environments, I think is is super important. And the traditional baking systems just don't allow uh, for that autonomy for people in the most challenging conditions. For sure. Yeah, it's that real world application that, um, that, you know, I think is what
1: got, you know, so many people early on in the space so excited.
0: No, definitely. Most definitely. And, Um, So a couple just two more uh, quick questions. Um, So is there any new alpha or something on your roadmap? I know you kind (laughs) of I know I think uh, Kilroy kind of pulled out something but I didn't know if you had anything. Cool. Anything else cool you could tease today or what's coming next uh, to get the audience going and excited? <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I actually do. Um, I spoke at a conference uh, on the weekend that I actually shared this with them. It's not something that we're putting out publicly, but I'm having to kind of share it with you guys today. Um, I think part of the social wallet experience is the idea of like building out a profile um, and having an experience with the different asset classes and the rise of NFTs and this kind of onboard into web three that we've seen in the last year through NFTs, I think has given people, like, people diss them, um, especially at the PFPs. Uh, but I think that it gives people like a first user experience. It gives them like an identity, a community to, to connect into. So there's a number of reasons why, um, you know, I, I see them having actually a lot of utility. Uh, I think when they get crazily overpriced, that's when I see it become a little bit silly, but um you know, we were really thinking about onboarding, you know, our first 10,000 users into the wallet and what that experience would look like. Um, And part of that was actually building out an NFT collection that would, um, you know, that would give them an identity and a a social profile within our social wallet experience that we're starting to build. Um, And, 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 you know, to the effect of being one of the early kind of uh, users of the platform too. So we, we haven't actually launched it yet. I did share some of the artwork on the weekend at this conference, Um, but that's something that I'm, I'm kind of really excited to launch and I'm, I love the artwork. Um, and then a second that I can kind of briefly share, and this isn't something that's built yet, but it's definitely something that's been played around with design wise is building into the NFT gallery of our wallet. So we have a couple of different functionalities. We have like a basic swap send. Receive. We have um, multi-wallet connect, so you can connect um, a number of different Ethereum-based wallets into Clutch to have like one full view of all of your assets. Um, and then we have an, an education space and an NFT gallery. And so within the NFT gallery, at the moment, your uh, NFTs are displayed in you know a really nicely visually appealing way. You can click into them, and there's data that we've connected through an API that gives you information on the like values and traits and attributes and uh, kind of changes in floor price um but as we start to think about that nft space we we're really excited as we talk to like more women that are getting into the fashion nfts um and kind of building like a digital fashion wardrobe experience within it um that's something that will come i think more as we see application of fashion nfts come to life a little bit more and especially as i think about the application in Metaverse experiences, but um, that's other kind of one unique one that I can share with you guys.
0: That sounds so cool. I love that. And um, also want to end with an ask as well. So how can the, well, how's the best way for the audience to support you and what you're building? Uh,
1: I would love for each and every one of you to um, go and visit our Twitter page. You'll see a link there and it will take you to a beta sign up for our wallet. Uh, we did go live in the last kind of seven days. Just today, we allowed for ramp integration, so for the ability to actually purchase through the wallet, which was um, uh, a, a very joyous milestone. Um, but I'd love just feedback. You know, we are still early stages. We've got our first kind of one thousand wallet addresses that have been created in the last week, and any feedback that you have around the experience um, would be wonderful uh discord is kind of connected into you know we have a link for feedback that takes you to our discord for where you can provide it um uh that that would definitely be yeah my ask
0: awesome so definitely make sure to uh follow beck make sure to follow Plush wallet and and keep up to date with all the amazing things that they're doing um so i wanted just to thank beck again for coming on the show and for those of you who have tuned in and been such a great audience members, um, in order to get your $50 Unstoppable Domains credit, again, if you've already gotten one from attending the show, you can get it again. All you have to do is DM us. So in this spaces, you see Blue Studios Labs, just click on that. Send direct message and let us know that you attended the spaces today. Um, again, thank you so much, Beck. Um Your insight has been great. I know the audience really enjoyed you sharing your story and your insights. And I'm sure folks are super excited um, to support you, the wallet, and also this upcoming NFT project. So we'll definitely look out for that as well.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for hosting the space with me. I, I appreciate it.
0: Oh, definitely! And thanks again, everybody, for attending. Remember to DM Blue Studios Labs for your fifty dollars Unstoppable Domains credit. Again, this is NFTs for Good. We're a weekly Twitter Spaces. We're all about highlighting the builders and founders in the DeFi Web three crypto and NFT space. Again, we do this at least once every week. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about real estate on the blockchain. Um, After that, we're also going to be talking about the future of tokenized rewards for film and movies. Um, We're going to be talking about mining, crypto mining 101. So if you were ever curious about mining um, and how it works, we're going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to be talking about no-code tools in Web3 following that the following week. So we have a bunch of really cool builders coming up. So make sure to follow us and, and just keep coming back for more and more education. So Thank you, back And thanks, everybody, for coming and asking questions. And hopefully we'll see everybody next week.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye, everybody.